Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL Same Game Multi Tracker. Conditions apply. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I'm legendary. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lockman, Lima. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes, it certainly is. Good morning, Melbourne. Welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey, Jay, Kath and Lemo. We are missing the magnificent Kath Lachlan today. He's having a nice old rest and deservedly so. Uh, but gee, I tell you what, it's a bit, there's a bit more of a chill in the air. Winter is coming. I've looked at the forecast this next week. 11 degrees Monday, 11 degrees Thursday, a couple of 12 degrees. So I feel... Uh, Lemo, I'll just say mm. good morning to you first. Hello. Is this the time of the year where you can start to bring out your real daggy clothing that's like your warmer stuff, like all your polar fleece, your Katmandu sort of action? Have you got a licence to bring out your daggy warm stuff basically from this weekend on? I do. I've got an old white, black and white knit Starsky and Hutch style <laughs> hoodie with a zip up that I've had for years. Yes. And my son just pulled out of the cupboard the other day and I went... Dad's wearing that next week <laughs> when it gets a bit colder. So you're basically saying what Leroy's uh, walked in wearing today. Yeah, He's yeah, his, yeah. his grey tracky This is why I haven't had much sleep. I yeah. can tell that, yeah. Well, not many of us have sleep. A lot of bleary yeah. eyes this morning too yes. with uh, plenty of sport going on, which Isn't we'll get them? into. But, and, uh, and, and, Joey, you're a uh, – good morning to you, yeah, mate. You're, you're a, um, a young father. Mm. Now, um, I've got three kids and, like, over the journey – you sort of, you've been told, hey, don't let your, your young kids sleep in your own bed. You've got to keep them out. Oh, you've got to persist. Mate. Yeah. But it does get, it just get to a point where you do sort of raise the white flag. And I've definitely been there. I raised it years ago. You sort of feel like that's happened. I've, I've tried hard not to, Limo, but I've been defeated the last couple of weeks. Both my kids have been crook. They're yeah. not sleeping. And it's got to the yeah. point where it's go on, go and sleep with mum. That's yes. fine. And I'm happy this week to go yes. and sleep on the couch because I did it last night. I woke up. Florence woke up screaming as she does at about three in the morning. So mm. I put her in with mum and I actually turned on right when Australia were about to bat and Perfect. face the last 20 minutes oh, against the yeah. bomb. So I thought, I'll sit up for this, watch that little bit of play, watch a bit of the cricket, watch a bit of golf and uh, yeah, fell back asleep on the couch. Do you go, oh, you, so you go to the couch? I've got some options, but I went to the couch last night <laughs> in front of the TV. <laughs> I've, so got, did I. I've, got, I've got some options well, in the nine-bedroom mansion. Well, normally it's my, my little boy's bed. I can go sleep <laughs> yes. in his bed. I can go sleep on the futon or I can just go sleep on the couch in front of the TV. Yeah, I've just given up. The young fella comes in every night. <laughs> yes. But my the missus goes and sleeps in his bed. Yes. Yeah. So she sleeps. She's in the little Batman bed. Yes. <laughs> Every night, and I wake up with the young fella. There. So, can I ask, what did you watch last night with yeah. the footy on and the cricket on yeah. at eight o'clock when the first ball of the Ashes? Were you both yeah. watching Brisbane oh. Sydney? Okay, I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am, I am the Toyota Material Handling Awards night at the uh, Plaza oh, Ballroom. Were you? That was a bit of fun. Yes, yeah. was good, it? Had a good night. It was. Yeah, yes, exactly. it was. Yeah. And had a good night there. I went home. The footy just finished when I got home, so I sat up and watched the cricket. Yeah. Gee, time evaporates, doesn't it? Yes. I looked. It was twelve thirty, and I went, "Geez, I got to go to bed. <laughs> this is getting late." Big You're guy. a footy reporter, so you're a journalist, so you'd have watched the footy. Yeah. So my, I have both on at the same time. You liar. I have both. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I had the cricket on the big TV and the footy on the little iPad, uh, and it was absolutely magnificent. So two of the three DSL members slept on the couch last yeah. night. Yeah. It's okay. We can be honest about this, Joey. Oh, fantastic. Hey, uh, the game last night, Brisbane 16-point winners over the Sydney Swans up there at the Gabba. It was Chris Fagan's men 13-19-97 over the Swans 12-9-81, who put up a fight north the border, it must be said. This is how it went down. Chips it out in front of Jasper Fletcher. He's got men on loose. He played on. He wants the goal. Jasper running goal. Oh, and goal. Long searching kick. Oh, massive! Cam Rayner in game 100 has taken an absolute hanger. Bailey turns on some speed. The goal square is open and he has nailed it. The Lions didn't stand themselves as premiership contenders, but they got the win and that's what Chris Fagan will care about. So 16-point winners, the Lions probably should have won by more if it wasn't for some inaccuracy in front of goal. Joey, I sort of feel like the big questions for Brisbane aren't going to come until September. You know, the Hawthorne loss last week was a big one. The MCG hoodoo, it's still there in the background, stalking them in the corner of the dark room. But I sort of feel like we're just waiting until finals. And that is when the Brisbane Lions, minus Jack Gunston and Daniel Richard, of course, might get to that in a second. That's when they're going to either prove they are up to it or aren't. Yeah, it's a a fair call because there's really sort of almost nothing to gain for Brisbane from here till the finals. We expect them to finish in the top four. They, They don't lose at home. They're talented enough. Their big question is going to be coming in the finals and what they deliver then. So up until then, they're going to continue to do what they did. They were too good for Sydney. Yep. Probably, as you said, they should have won by more. For those that didn't watch it, Limo, that were too busy watching the cricket, <laughs> it was a very similar storyline to the Port Adelaide-Geelong game the night before. Sydney got the jump mm-hmm. with a better team for about a quarter and a half. And then Brisbane yep. got their momentum going in the second term and then were too good and blew them away in the second half. Explain this to me and other people who haven't played at the top level, Joey. The difference between Brisbane's home and away form is massive. Yeah. Can you? I, I just can't get it through my head. I can't I understand know. how it's so different. I think it's one of the not, not great sporting mysteries, but it's, it's around the world in any sport. Why is at your home ground... Mm. What is it? Is it the familiarity with the, the change rooms and the environment? Is it the obviously the crowd plays a factor? Is it the you know understanding the environment a bit mm. better? It's probably all those things combined. Um, not having to mm. leave your own home. So I, I mean, I think there's been studies done on it and why yeah. you are so much better in any sport at home. But Brisbane certainly, I think they've lost three or four games in about four years at home. So. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty pretty strong performance. Lockie Neal, 29 possessions, and Josh Dunkley continues to be very good. Could win another best and fairest. One yeah. for the Bulldogs last year. Could do it the Lions this year. 28 touches for him. What about the big story throughout the week is when uh, Jackie Gunston, of course, a veteran, and Daniel Rich stood themselves down. Joey, now, to, when I heard this, I thought, hang on a second. We're uh, these competitive beasts. We know Jack Gunston. You're not going to walk into your coach's office and say, sorry, coach. I'm raising the white flag this week. Is that really how it goes down? I'd, I'd be surprised. We had Gunson on watch last week, didn't we, on Dead Set <laughs> yeah, yeah, Legends? But yeah, yeah. no, it was great to hear Chris Fagan last night on the Fox Footy coverage pregame just clarified. And he, he just, he, he, he sort of changed a little bit of the narrative of what it was. It wasn't them instigating it. He basically said, no, I instigated the yeah. chat about, look, it's going to be hard to pick you, yeah. but let's have a conversation about what it looks like. Are we going to play VFL? What, is, what does it mean for, the, for those two boys? So he did mm-hmm. clarify that he did instigate them not to be playing. So hang on. So the spin, was that spin yeah. out of Brisbane yes. though? He was trying, I, think he was, I, I get it. He was trying to protect two, you know, two greats that, you yeah. know, it was their call, but I think it, in some ways it made it look a bit messy that they've offered to not play. I've never heard of a, a player, a competitor 
offering to do that. So it didn't come across yeah. well. And it was good to see Fagan clarify it last night. And and that is the mature and right way to go about it. With your veterans, you don't just get a tap on the shoulder Thursday afternoon at selection committee and say, oh, you're out. You, you get, you're involved in the conversations when you're that highly respected like those two boys are. So that was the right way to, to have that chat. And I'm glad it was clarified. Uh, well, one of the highlights came for me, uh, if I can, JC, yes. uh, post-match when uh, yeah. Roaming Brian was cruising through the rooms mm-hmm. And he caught up with Brisbane's Jack Payne, who has a very fascinating pastime. You're one of them. You watch all the planes. I'm one of them. I actually had it out of Brizzy Airport on Wednesday morning. You go to the public car park at Brizzy Airport and watch jets take off and land. Yeah, there's a viewing platform about 500 metres left of the terminal there. So wander out with a coffee and uh, get a bit of time. It's good. List the three current models that Qantas have in action in the domestic routes. 737-800, Dash 8, 400, um, and they've got the A330 as well. My girlfriend Ellie is down in Melbourne. She'll probably be watching. She's starting to be a pilot with Jetstar. Mm, wow. wow. Mm. I did that with my three-year-old once, yeah. but not on my own. You know, like. I know. It's amazing. It's a real community, though. Yeah. There's a whole bunch. You see them if you ever drive up towards, I don't know, Romsey or up yeah. in that direction, you'll see them parked out there near the airport. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. So uh, uh, Jack Jack Payne, plane watcher, and Mrs. Becoming a Pilot for Jetstar. Yes. Very plainy sort of household. <laughs> plainy relationship. It? Hey, I'll get it. we love doing some footy news on a Saturday morning, Joe. But firstly, do you, you, know, do. The, yeah. do you know what the big news is in this room? Oh, don't bring up MRO. No. What's no. The news? Is that, do you know what the number one show of all last week on Australian television was? You got any idea? First crack. The cricket. <laughs> First crack. No. He's in the top five. The top five. He's a very humble man when he comes in here each week. Just found out, Lemo. Utopia. Utopia. Yeah. Your show, Lemo. Yes, yes. Utopia. Uh, Eight p.m. Uh, Wednesday nights on the ABC. But once you add in catch-up viewing, yep. it was the number Streaming. one television program of all shows in Australia well, last well, week. Well, yeah. Very impressive. Superstar. Very happy with that. So must Two be, million viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Must well, be very funny. Get involved. Um, it's very good. Get involved. Well, Wednesday done. night on ABC. Check yes. it out. Well done to you, uh, Lemo. Hey, uh, Emma, we'll do this uh, quickly, Joe. MRO last night, a couple of uh, contentious tackles. The dangerous tackles, probably the tackling is the biggest talking point in footy at the moment, it feels like, certainly over the last uh, week or so. There was one last night where Jared Berry slings Will Haywood on first glance. What did you think? Uh, first glance, it's a touchy one, but I think it looks like he should get off because he yep. didn't hurt himself. Yes. So Is that fair? He doesn't pin his arms. Yeah, uh, Haywood's yeah, yeah. arms aren't pinned in the tackle. That's the thing. They're the two key criteria. When you're looking at a dangerous tackle, when you're watching, look at this. See whether their arms are pinned, one or two. It only takes one. Last night, Haywood's arms mm-hmm. were both free. And whether there was excessive force, it was a light Good. A light yeah, that's good. I and I think, look, I'm, I'm a bit more open-minded. I understand we need to evolve and where to, we're going to get to with the tackles. And I think we are slowly starting to find a line. Yep. I think that there's going to be some, you know, hysteria along the way and some hiccups and, yep. and some – but I think we're eventually going to find what the yep. line is. So I'm okay with this one. I, well, last weekend, yep. I think the stat is something like there were 1,086 tackles. Yep. For the weekend, yeah. For the weekend, yep. and two were deemed yeah. uh, against the rules. And yep. one of yep. them was the James Sicily one, which yep. is just – You've got your knickers in a twist on this day. Well, that is a joke. Three weeks for that. Is that one of the worst decisions you've ever seen? I know Hugh McCluggage was concussed, mm. but Sis did everything you're supposed to do. Mm. Dragged him down onto himself. Mm. There's another player involved. What, to me, I thought Jordan Lewis made the best point I've seen this week. He said that is the tribunal handing down a decision based on fear of future litigation. The game has changed, That is, though, that yeah. is what's happened. The yeah. AFL has gone... 
If Hugh McCluggage sues us in 20 years' time and refers to this incident and we don't penalise James Sisley, then we're open yeah. to have to There's pay. There's an element of that. Yeah. Is that not fair, though? Yeah. Is that not well, reasonable? But, but that's not... It is if it's written into the rules, but it's not written into the rules. What's written in is they're meant to penalise him mm. based on that action and yeah. what he did wrong. And he did nothing wrong. If the AFL says, if you can cuss someone, you get five weeks, doesn't matter how you do it, then okay, if that's, if, sure, if yeah. that's the rule. The thing is, Liam Odie's oh, written into the rule. If you pin an arm, which he did, he pinned his left arm and he makes head contact then it's a dangerous tackle. So that is what the rule says. So under those guidelines, he is, is gone. However, is that, but other players have done that and not got three weeks, though. Mm, yes, uh, that was because of the severity. of The, the three weeks was because of the severity, the severity which was arguable. Three weeks was too old. Would you have been comfortable if it was a week? Is it more than I, I Look, I would have been annoyed yeah. at all of it. Hey, the good news for James Sicily, though, is yeah, if he wants, he could fly to England and watch the first three tests. Because ah. <laughs> his next game's July 16 against North Melbourne. There's always a silver lining. Yeah, there is. It's a good point. James Sicily has the capacity to be very grumpy at times. He's one of the, the AFL's most grumpiest footballers. Certainly could be grumpy if on Monday morning uh, that ban is upheld. It'll be a fascinating case uh, on Monday morning. Hey, news out of Geelong. They went down the Cats and yeah. he said... You said about six weeks ago, Joe, you had a big question mark on the Cats. You said, to quote you, they weren't the same side as they were last year and it's certainly looking like that as they lose, not lose touch with the eight, but they certainly are at risk of losing the touch, uh, touch with the eight. Of course, they play Melbourne down in Geelong on Thursday night. They'll be without the superstar captain, Paddy Dangerfield, who played on. And the, the, the courage and bravery of these guys is extraordinary. With a collapsed lung and a cracked rib yep. throughout the second half, Chris Scott said he basically couldn't move by the end of the game, taken to hospital. He had to drive back to Moggs Creek because he couldn't fly. Out for at least one match, possibly more. He's had a tough run of it this year. It was an incredible gutsy, yeah. gutsy, yes. and he got And he got ramped at the Royal Adelaide Hospital because they've got ramping issues. So he was sitting in an ambulance. Are you kidding? Ramped in a queue, oh. waiting to get into a you oh, wow. see at the Royal Adelaide as well. Yeah, that's oh. all right. He can only so, not breathe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the Cats, Joe? Melbourne, I think Melbourne will be sniffing blood this week. Yeah, well, Melbourne will go in favourites. Yep. As we've said, the Cats, they still might sneak into the eight. Like, they're in that, in that ruck with a few other teams. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that... The way particularly they are defending this year, that they're a premiership threat. They are leaking goals way too easily compared to the top sides. Um, they've mainly got most of their personnel back. I know they're still missing a couple and Danger will be out, but their premiership defenders were all there and they still conceded 17 marks inside 50. Just not quite the same cat side. Been one of those years. A lot of interruptions, a lot of injury. Um, I don't think they can win the flag this year, so they, they might sneak in but do not a lot of damage. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And then what they do at the end of the year, whether they go again, top up. Of course or they will. That's they, their motto. They'll but, keep bringing in more talent, keep blooding some youngsters, and they'll keep being competitive. Darcy Parrish mm. is on the radar, of course. Yes, and in midfield, another one. Uh, Tommy DeConing, the Ruckman at Carlton. Will he rejoin his brother? That's the sort of conversations Andrew Mackey be having at the Cats uh, at the moment. But in that game, Port Adelaide, got to give them credit. That was a huge win. Yep. It's like Geelong were all over them early, and they found a way that they were flat because they played three six-day breaks in a row port yes. off a team that were fresh off the bye. Gutsy win, powered away in the third quarter. They are a genuine premiership contender. Before we wrap up, where do you where do you rank their midfield? And maybe, actually, we might come back. Maybe this is a bit of a, a pick one. Which midfield would you rather? Say Port Adelaide's batch of young guns versus Collingwood's midfield. Say they've got Nick Dacos and a couple of the veterans. Mitchell, which midfield... Do you think is the better group, Port Adelaide's Young Guns or the Collingwood group? We'll get to that maybe in the second hour. Joey, big news in North Melbourne too. Nick Larkey, big deal. New five-year contract was set to come out of a uh, some out as a free agent next year. Essendon were all over him. Sydney were all over him, but he has re-signed at the Kangas. Hey, fellas. 
coming up next, we have a treat here on DSL because we are going to be speaking to Jack White. No, not the guitarist. No, no not, from, from, uh, not from the White Stripes. Not from the White Stripes. He's a former Melbourne United superstar, NBA champion with Denver Nuggets, of course. He is coming up next. He would have had a massive week on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Welcome back to Dead Set Legends on Triple M. It's been a massive month for basketball fans as the Denver Nuggets, Nikolai Jokic and Jamal Murray, took the chocolates over the Miami Heat this week. This is how it went down. Lowry searching. Looking, looking. Finds Struz back to Larry. There it is. Three-pointer. Won't go. Rebound called off Pope. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Yes, well done to the Denver Nuggets. It had been the best team all season, no doubt about that, led by the humble superstar Nikola Jokic. And this man, he's the pride of Terrellgan at the moment. Melbourne United's own, of course, NBA champion as well to an already glittering resume. It is Jack White. Good morning to you, Jack. Morning, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks so much for joining us, Jack. Now, this is no small effort from you because I can imagine since the Denver Nuggets uh, Championship, you have had a very large three or four days, surely. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a marathon, mate. We uh, we just went to Vegas last night after the parade, which was a great time and, you know, a good, good thing for all the boys to be together for one last time before everyone goes their separate ways. But, man, like, what an unbelievable time. Uh, just trying to soak up the experience, man. Just having so much fun. And what about the big fella, Nikola Jokic? Mm. Just an absolute superstar of the game. But he is a no-frills individual. And there was a funny press conference moment where he was kind of disappointed that they had to wait till Thursday for the parade because <laughs> he wanted to go home. Is he in Vegas with you or has he gone home to Serbia? <laughs> no, he was in Vegas with us. Uh, we got back to Denver this morning. He's uh, currently on a flight to Serbia, I think. Um, he's got some horse races this weekend, so that'll keep him busy. But he's just, he's just keen to have some downtime and, and chill out and, and be around family and friends back home in Sombor. Can you just give us a little insight into Nikola Jokic, uh, sort of around the club and around the team? What's he really like? What's his personality like? Oh, mate, he's just the, the ultimate teammate, uh, the ultimate uh, we, not me guy. Um, you know, you talk about culture and in the NBA and when your best player is, you know, someone like him that, you know, shies away from the spotlight and wants to make it all about the team and not himself. Um, it's just contagious throughout the whole organization. And um, for him, man, just obviously he's had such an illustrious career so far and he's only just getting started. He's, he's still only, you know, 28 years old and getting into his prime. So, man, he's just so talented, goes about the game the right way, an unbelievable teammate. Um, you know, I, I don't have enough good things to say about the big fella. And there's so much money in the NBA. I picture everyone turning up in Porsches and Lamborghinis. Please tell me Nikola Jokic drives a RAV4. <laughs> <laughs> no, the big fella's got a Rolls Royce, which oh. goes a bit against the grain. But, uh, 
you know, but that's how much he earned. May, it may as well be a round four, I'll tell you that. <laughs> We're speaking to Gippsland's own Jack White, NBA champion now with the Denver Nuggets, the seventh Aussie to win an NBA title. Of course, Luke Longley, Andrew Gaze, Paddy Mills, Aaron Baines, Andrew Bogut, Matthew Dallavadova, of course. I think that was with the Cavs. And adding your name to the list, well done, Jack. What was it like for you, mate? So you're on the um, a bench a lot of the time. You're, you're in a support role. Your game is developing. One of the country's brightest young basketball uh, prospects. How, how did you go throughout this season and the final series, obviously, you know, learning no doubt all the time and trying to support these guys. Yeah, that's the thing now. I mean, I'm really just trying to soak up the whole experience. Um, as I've kind of touched on before, you know, being part of such a great team with great vets, uh, just great people in the locker room just makes the whole experience um, of the year that much more enjoyable. You know, these are the guys that, you know, you're around and for these guys with families, you know, you're around your teammates more than you're friends and family, you're on the road all the time. Um, so to have that sort of environment was just something that was super special, especially in the NBA with, you know, so many egos, so much money to have that in our locker room, I think was a, a big reason why we were able to win. But yeah, as you said, it for me, man, I'm really just, you know, getting started with all this. Obviously super grateful to have this experience in my first year in the league. And um, if anything, obviously not playing during the playoffs, it's, it's motivating for me to, you know, try and experience this when I'm actually on the floor and, and be a part of it and contribute to it. But in saying that, man, like just, just being a part of this group, um, watching how we went about things the whole year, having this goal since training camp last September and, you know, having the number one seed going throughout the whole year and, and ticking the boxes. Um, it only feels right that we finish it off this way. And, man, just so proud of the boys, so happy for our vets that, you know, finally get an NBA championship after, you know, going uh, doing things the right way throughout their whole career. Guys like Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, guys have been playing for countless teams. And for them to, you know, put their egos aside and, you know, be that locker room presence and just do whatever the, the team needs from them, um, I'm more just happy for those guys, honestly, mate. Hey, Jack, now you are a Richmond fan, and we know that Damian Hardwick uh, quit the club recently, but one of the first things he did was he went to Denver to watch a playoff game mm-hmm. Did you know he was there, and did you catch up? Oh, no, this is news to me, mate. I, if I knew about it, I definitely would have tried to catch up. Ah. But, uh, I had no idea he was in town. Well, he was there, and uh, I think he was tweeting and posting a lot yeah, about it. He, he, he really enjoyed he it. Was. But, um, you know, I mean, Jack, you've had your own issues. I mean, you tore your Achilles. I remember Melbourne down here in Melbourne a few years ago, and now you're an NBA champion. But just quickly, what what's next now for you? I'm, I heard Michael Malone, you're all going to run it back, and, You'll be there again, but are you a chance to play for the Boomers in the World Cup? Is that next on the list for you, or are you going to have to have a break? No, that's definitely uh, on the agenda, man. Beautiful. That's a huge goal for mine. I'd love to be a part of the World Cup squad. Um, you know, obviously, super exciting time for basketball in Australia as well, and that's something that I want to be a part of as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely next. Um, on the agenda for me, would love to be a part of that. And uh, Jack, I know you just had an amazing time in Las Vegas, partying with all the boys. But are we going to see you back in Terrellgan anytime soon? Are you've got are you too big for Terrellgan now? What's the story? <laughs> uh, ne- never, 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 never. I'm um, I'm going to be back uh, home sometime in July. I haven't booked flights or anything yet, but um, you know, just got to take care of this for agency stuff. I got one of my mates' weddings um, at the end of this month, and you know, going to be able to have some downtime. But um, yeah, definitely looking forward to getting back to Trelgan, spending time with family and friends and, um, and yeah, just being home, being home in over 12 months. So definitely looking forward to that. Hey, just give us a quick little bit of insight. When you were in Vegas with mm. Nikola Jokic, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, you're clearly not lining up anywhere you go. Yep. Is anyone paying for drinks? Is it just, is everything parting like the Red Sea yes. everywhere you go? You've mobbed. 
no, fortunately, our, our owner was was with us, and uh, as much money as Yoke makes, he uh, he's the one that signed under um, his signature um, when guys get their pay. So he he looked after everything for us. It was super smooth, super well organised, especially you know for our front office guys. We put this together kind of last minute because initially we were going to try and go Saturday, but um, obviously everyone's kind of keen to get home, and you know especially Yoke and, and Blacko. These guys going to Europe already had their travel plans locked in, so it was just awesome that we we're able to make that all happen, have all the boys together and obviously have a good time to, you know, kind of put a cap on it. Hey, Jack, an absolute uh, treat for us to get to speak to you a few days after winning the NBA championship with the Denver Nuggets, of course. The whole country is proud of you, mate, and uh, cheering for you. So much hard work has gone into your journey and uh, we are wrapped. You've had a uh, special week on the source after taking out the title. Well done, Jack. Good on you, Jack. Right on, mate. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. The Dead Set Legends. Can't get enough of the cricket at the moment. Set for, I don't know how it goes, for five or six weeks. It'll be fascinating. And last night got off to an incredible start, of course, as Basball took over for the Poms. Uh, they made, uh, which Australia trailed by 379 runs. It's, it runs at stumps on day one. The Aussies at none for 14. Warner on eight. Kawaja on four. We're going to speak to South Australia's Cal Ferguson a little bit later, Joey. But there's always been some iconic moments, haven't there? First ball of Ashes. There's always something that, I mean, even you go back to, that wasn't the first ball, but 2005 Ashes when Freddie Flintoff yes. terrorising um, Adam Gilchrist and all the, there's always something memorable in the cricket. Mm. Unforgettable moments. And there have been some absolute beauties over the last uh, 20 years. Some good, some <laughs> not so good, depending on who, who you go for. Do you remember Limo? The Steve Harmer oh, said, "What? Twenty is, years later, he still haunted by it. It's all, it's all time, and this is—he never really recovered from this. No, this was kind of the beginning of the end of his career when he bowled to to second slip. Yes, <laughs> to, to start the Ashes series on the journey here this morning. I googled Steve Harmerson, and guess what was the next word which popped up in the Google search engine? <laughs> Why? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. You remember it? Let's take a listen, Leroy. Perfect day in Brisbane." First ball, the first test match. Whoa, wide delivery, taking a slip by the skipper. The nerves are showing already. Can I just say, <laughs> Bill Laurie's voice is like yes, a warm hug, yes, isn't it? Yes. Oh, that felt good. So good to hear him. You're on a big Ashes series, you'd like to get your first ball away. You'd like to get it somewhere on the pitch as opposed to <laughs> aiming at a second slip. It's preferable. Speaking of getting it somewhere on the pitch, mm. This current test match, yeah. how many pitches are laid out across this ground? A few. Mm. And I'll tell you what, you'd love to play on the pitch that's all the yes. way on the right or all the way on the left. Because <laughs> <laughs> your leg side boundary is about three feet away. I love test cricket when the ball's on top. And it, raging English seamer, I find that the most tense test cricket. This is an absolute road as the Aussies look to uh, make some work with the bat today. Dave Warner, certainly a huge knock for him. But go. So we had Steve Harmison. That was 2001 at the Gabba, I think. Fast mm. forward 20 years. This is Mitch Stark, of course, who was dropped oh, yeah. for this test. He's uh, coming into bowl to Rory Burns. Do you remember this, Lemo? It was, it was a great start to the series. This is JB's unforgettable call. Rory Burns to face. Listen to the noise. Oh, the castle's over. 
<laughs> oh, very just good. love the laughing in the commentary box as well. The what trip, a great way to cover it. Yeah, the Triple M uh, commentary uh, cricket call is outstanding, JB. The king of it, of course. And then last night. Was, Waiting for it. You was, know, Pat Cummins joked about it in his press comments the day before, talking about the famous first balls in, in Ashes. He made a comment about it, and he was talking about that he would probably have the first ball. He made a joke that there's been some iconic moments. Well, we were all sitting on our catch. We'd heard the national anthems. We're all wishing we were there in the stands, of course, watching the Ashes over there at uh, Edge Baston. Now, Captain Courageous, Paddy Cummings, coming in, facing Zach Crawley. You would think, well, this would probably just get a cider, a little dot ball maybe, get his eye in. Well, this happened. statement the first ball crunched through extra cover for four I think Pat Cummins might have talked himself into it though yeah because it with all due respect to Pat Cummins that was an absolute cream pie yeah, it was nice up one. the first to ball. just flash the hands at yeah. yes. can you remember I'm showing my age a bit here but can you remember Rodney Hogg he would have the slowest warm-up balls in history. Mm. He would roll his arm over at 50 k's an hour for the first, and he would just get smashed for the first couple of balls. <laughs> they were the slowest warm-up deliveries in history, Hoggy, before he got going. It would be a nervous moment. I remember him playing local cricket. I would be nervous. Did you get nervous walking out to the MCG? And <laughs> just compare Stadium? your local cricket to the... He just compared <laughs> yeah. coming into bowl yes. and local cricket to yes. the first ball of the Ashes. Similar. Oh, yeah. Hang, on Hang on a second. I'm not even going to try and compare walking out at Marvel to work <laughs> Walking out the first ball of ashes. Who, who were you playing for, Jay-Z? <laughs> Alexander Thompson, GCA Division 2. Um, oh, I must have been good at the other end that was coming in the bat. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it was Div too. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I bolstered Geelong batsman's batting average for a good 10 years <laughs> down there at Sleepy High. And also, you might have missed this, right? So that was mm. the Ashes, of course, in the um, English. It's called the league called the Vitality Blast. I think it's England's sort of T20 competition last night. If you haven't caught this already, well, they're calling it one of the greatest catches uh, of all time. This is in the Vitality Blast match, uh, a game between Hampshire and Sussex. Let's give us He's diving on the boundary line, if you can picture this during the call. Oh, he's got it. He's... Oh, my goodness me! Did you ever see anything like that? Ben Curry. Even his brother Brad. (laughs) What a catch! It was just funny that he said, did you ever see anything like that? And we're on radio. <laughs> so I was picturing a, um, he did like a pike and a twist and then did a little knee curl. That's how I pictured it I, in my head. I how pictured a picture hanger. It? I pictured he jumped on someone else's back. Pulled it down one end. Jeremy Howe style. I just pulled it in with one end. It's a choose your own adventure yeah, situation. Brad Curry diving, I think, outstretched with the left arm. He was horizontal like Glenn McGrath uh, many years ago. Check it out if you haven't seen it. We're going to speak to Cal Ferguson a little bit later. Speak about Dave Warner and the uh, field placings were controversial. Of course, a, fan, a fascinating night of cricket. And on more the about Jay Z's cricket career later. Yeah, in, coming out in the show. Lots of low scores. <laughs> and, and big bowling average. Bridges in that one. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Yes, we need to talk motorsport. We always speak to this man. It's our good mate, Greg Rust from Rusty's Garage Podcast, which you can get for free on the listener app. Ian, he is on the line now. Good morning, Rusty. 
Morning, guys. The troublemakers are in the driver's seat today. Hey, I love it. (laughs) Anything could happen, Rusty, it's fair to say. Hey, let's start with the supercars. They're in Darwin this weekend for one of their favourite rounds of the season where the Fords a bit more competitive in practice. Yeah, exactly. But probably the caveat we need to put on that is that it is practice. So we'll see what happens when qualifying comes up around midday your time today. And they go racing about four o'clock this afternoon. So Anton Di Pasquale for Dick Johnson Racing in that Mustang ended up fastest in the second practice session yesterday. And there was a good share of Mustangs in that top 10, as you rightly point out. Brock Feeney was quickest there in session one. Shane Van Gisbergen had a a couple of issues with a, a new system they were trying there. So there's a few that we don't fully have on the radar in telling that picture. But awesome event up there. They've got drag racing, super bikes and all sorts. As you say, one of the, the five stops on the tour. Now, Rusty, you caught up with Aussie young gun Oscar Piastri in the short cast he released yesterday. Is there some light at the end of the tunnel for that McLaren of his? Limo, I think fans will be happy because there are some go-fast bits that are coming in the next few races for that car. And he sounded very confident about the difference that they will make, right? Obviously, that's on a computational level at the moment. We need to see what translates to the racetrack. But you know what really struck me about this guy was just how committed he is in and out of the car. He's the kind of athlete, as you'll hear in a second here, that sets a very high bar or benchmark for himself. Yeah, I think sometimes maybe I I forget that I've only done a few races in F1, but at the same time, I don't want to sort of have the the rookie uh, title giving me an excuse, and I certainly don't don't uh, see myself um, or see that as an excuse to, to make mistakes. I think he's got a lot of talent. This guy, he wants to be better at the start of race weekend, and he's done that in Canada this morning. He's gone 11th in practice there. Lewis Hamilton was fastest. Former savings from his teammate, George Russell. And finally, Rusty, our Dakar legend, Toby Price, is almost at Peter Brock levels with a special win at home. So they race in the centre of Australia on the King's birthday weekend. They go from Alice Springs down to a place called Fink or Apertula and then come back on the holiday Monday. He's got six wins on two wheels, what you call the King of the Desert Crowns, which is massive. He chalked up his third straight in a car on Monday there. That is nine times winner at Fink. That is remarkable. Thank you, Rusty. We'll catch you next week. See you, boys. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Yes, that is Greg Rasta. We'll be cheering for Oscar Piastri, as always. Thanks to, to Bendix Brakes, of course. Hey, we got a massive second hour coming up. We're going to be uh, talking Lemo's top five, Trent Cochin's 300. Massive game at the MCG tonight. And, of course, who could forget the Ashes? We're going to get Cal Ferguson on to break down what was an unforgettable first day of the Ashes. Series that's all coming up next on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo, the Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Got a massive second hour coming up. Lemos top fives of beauty. Speaking about the blues and, of course, the ashes continues tonight, day two. We're speaking to Cal Ferguson coming up. But, Joey, golf update. Well, there's still plenty of other sport, isn't there? We've got footy, cricket, and the uh, US Open is on the Los Angeles Country Club. We're almost completed the second round of golf, and it's Ricky Fowler who leads at 10 under. Of course, he shot eight under yesterday. He's outright leader, young Wyndham Clark. Don't know much about him. Leroy, <laughs> he had, uh, a Lemo, he's nine he's under. And Rory McIlroy, Zander. 
Xander Shawfly at eight under. I want Rory McIlroy to win. Just for the drama mm. of the live PGA mm-hmm. merger, I just think that would make for a good sports Spot story. A couple of Aussies in contention. Minwoo Lee, six under. He tied for sixth. And Cameron Smith is four under, also in the top ten. Mm. So there's another couple of names. Dustin Johnson lurking up the leaderboard. Scotty Scheffler at three under, but we know he can make a charge. Can Smithy win it, Joey? He, yes, he can. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. They say the course is a bit like the sand belt in here in Victoria. So You're not happy that that it's too easy, are you? Like, yeah, like, it's a bit too easy for my life. It's meant to be the hardest test in golf. Yes. And Adam Scott, Jason Day, look like they're not going to make the cut either. Mm. Shooting some de- decent scores, definitely. Hey, I love this top five coming up. Leo, a uh, bit of a teaser. There is a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I call you Leo, then. <laughs> you did call me Leo. Leo. That's okay. I am a Leo. I was born in August. So. <laughs> I've got a Lino, a Lee, Leroy, and a Lee in, the, in here. It's hard. I've got enough going on here, Joey. Now, last Sunday morning, yes. my son grabs me and he goes, Dad, there's a new Bluey, because he's hooked, right? And he knows there's a new one every Sunday morning. Love Bluey. He goes, come and watch it with me. So I sit down with the six-year-old, and this episode of Bluey comes on. Eight minutes later... I am sitting on the couch mm. and I'm cry- I'm got tears rolling down yes. my face. The power of Bluey. It's unbelievable. Yep. This episode just got me right in the feels. Yep. And it was about, uh, yeah, they were playing cricket, backyard cricket essentially. Yep. And at one point, Bluey says to Dad, oh, it's just cricket. And he goes, there's more to cricket than hitting the ball. <laughs> and it's about resilience, teamwork, family connection, you know, and for me, cricket was a big connection point between me and my dad. Mm-hmm. And then there was his player, Rusty. His dad's in the army and he was on deployment mm. away somewhere. And Rusty was having issues with a fast bowler called Tiny. Mm. And his dad wrote him a letter. And this is the dad reading out the letter oh. to his son oh. about Tiny, the fast bowler he's having trouble with. As you grow up, you'll face harder things than a cricket ball. And you'll have two choices. Back away and get out. Whose bat is it? Or step in front and play a pull shot. Just keep your eye on the ball and take care of your little sister for me. Love, Dad. Now, Joey, you've seen it. Now, that bit got me. Take care of your little sister, right? Because I've got Noah's for the five and my little sister Florence's too. And... So Rusty, nobody could get Rusty out. And yep. everyone wanted to go in and finish and go to have dinner because Rusty was like me in the backyard, Jay-Z. No one could get me out. <laughs> so you know what Rusty did in the end? Oh. He hit a ball to his sister oh. and let her catch and let her get him out. And she thought it was the greatest thing ever that she got her big brother out. Love that. So it was a beautiful moment. And it was all because his dad said, look after your little sister. Oh, hey, that's right. And if you, bumps. if you watch the episode again, Joey, you'll see in the background, right at the start of the episode, he's teaching his little sister how to take a catch. Oh. If you go back, because I've watched it three times now, and I've cried every time. It's an unbelievable catch. Generally speaking, Bluey, if you're not familiar with the Bluey, you haven't seen an episode, I I think behind Utopia, it is the best Australian television, Lamar. I'll tell you this, it outrated, and this is a true story, it outrated the final day of the World Cricket Final. Yes. Wow. Uh, as well. So that leads to yes. that's a lot of setup. To <laughs> to, uh, today's top five <laughs> on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. It's Limo's top five cartoons featuring sport. <laughs> okay, I'll fly through these. Coming at number five, Family Guy, the episode featuring Tom Brady, who plays himself, called Patriot Games. And I'm going to play for you here a scene. Where Peter Griffin needs to go, he's blind and needs to go to the loo for a vom. So he runs through a crowd of people, knocks everyone flying, and Tom Brady's so impressed, he runs into the bathroom to recruit Peter Griffin. Peter, that was amazing. I've never seen a guy your size who could move like that. 
How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? Oh, I'd love to. Say, listen, uh, Tom, could you get me a towel? I threw up on the floor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Coming in at number four, the Simpsons episode called The Homer They Fall. Now, this is the one where Mo Sislak used to be a boxer, but he tr- starts training Homer. Yes. And Homer just does rope-a-dope, doesn't throw a single punch, oh, no. but he <laughs> never goes down either. And everyone he fights just collapses through exhaustion. <laughs> uh, coming in at number three from South Park, Sarcastable. Now, this is the head trauma episode, Ooh. which is uh, at, at good timing with the AFL as well. Around, yes. That's right. And let's have a listen to a bit where a player gets nailed, then there's an interview with the head of the NFL, and then some ex-players walk onto the ground. Well, during this time out, we're happy to be joined by the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell. Commissioner, a lot of hoopla about concussions this year in the NFL. How's the league handling all that? Well, there certainly are interesting statistics coming out, Dan, and and we are deeply concerned and, and waiting to see if there's really any direct correlation between football and head trauma. Oh, and it looks like some of the NFL alumni are taking the field now. Fullback Jim Harris. Looks like his pants are down around his ankles. Somebody should let him know. Oh, and old surehand Mike Taftill, who seems to be baking an imaginary cake, Dan. <laughs> Those players are fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, coming in at number two, family guy Lois and Peter Griffin playing golf together to help bonding between the married couple. Mm-hmm. So what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know. I hit it into the water. But why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! (laughs) (laughs) Look, it went further than your ball! (laughs) Threw his bag further than his ball. But coming to number one, the Simpsons episode from 1992, Homer at the Bat, which featured Ken Griffey Jr., Daryl Strawberry, Don Mattingly, Jose Canseco, Roger Clemens, and the list went on. Mm. And here's Lisa and Bart teasing Daryl Strawberry. Well, and, but what you've got a picture here is Daryl Strawberry is actually having a cry out on the pitch. <laughs> you stink, Strawberry! We want home run, Homer! Daryl, 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 Daryl. Children, that's not very nice. Mom, they're professional athletes. They're used to this sort of thing. It rolls right off their backs. <laughs> and poor Daryl's having a cry. One for the Carlton fans there as they yes. uh, yell abuse at their players going off well the Well done, Lima. That was a nice little trip down memory lane uh, for me. But certainly, if you haven't seen that Bluey episode, get uh, onto it. Get yeah. onto it. It is magnificent Australian television. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yeah, massive game tomorrow, of course. The Blues up against the Gold Coast. I want to get to that in one second. Firstly, I'll ask you a pick one before, Joey. Which midfield do you rate more highly? Port Adelaide's or Collingwood's? Who are you taking in that? Uh, I'll probably still, for right now. Yes. Now, right now, I'll probably still take Collingwood's midfield. I think yep. they've got more depth um, and can share the load a bit more. As good as Buzz, Butters and Rosie have been, mm. uh, I like the depth of Collingwood's midfield. Going to be good to see them go to battle in finals, of course. Hey, the Blues, what do you think? A lot of discussion. Under a big microscope, they take on Gold Coast. Now, you look at the, the form of the two sides. You have to pick the Suns in this, don't you? Well, the Suns absolutely playing the better footy. Yeah. Question to you, does anything change if Carlton lose? Does anything change? Probably takes the pressure off a little bit. A no, little if they bit lose, an... no, if Carlton lose oh. again. If they lose again, does anything really change from the last two or three weeks? Or was it the same conversation over and over again? No, but the... They're not going to sack Voss. They're not playing well. I, I don't know. Like, I think they're going to turn this ship around. Carlton, I think I think they're heading towards an iceberg, and they and Michael Voss and his crew need to avoid the iceberg because if they are still uncompetitive over the run home in the next 
eight to ten matches. I, I difference between uncompetitive and losing. They haven't yeah. been uncompetitive. They've just been losing. Yeah. So well, what what are we expecting now? Because they're not going to play finals. So it's like any team that is rebuilding, right? It's not about the wins. It's about okay, building for what their 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 brand and their style and everything's going to look like in the future. Why is that not now for the Carlton the same thing? Even if they don't win, as long as they are now trying to build something of how they want to play their football, and they should be planning for next year, really getting a head start for next year to I'm actually have them a crack off at- easy here. How's this list? So we get the start of the year. So we just. Oh. Yeah, no, we know they've we know they've we know they've disappointed this year. But what do we expect from them now? Like, why does uh, what are we expecting? Is what I'm asking you. If oh, they don't win, I think they I think they need to improve. If, oh, what if they don't, but if they don't, what? What if they don't improve? What? But I'm, 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 I'm with Joey. I you know feel like mean? we've had the same conversation around Carlton for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to use a different analogy yeah. to your iceberg. You know what Carlton are? What? They're the Montague Street Bridge. <laughs> right? <laughs> every, every year. <laughs> have learnt nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it keeps happening again yes. and again and yeah. again. And every time it happens, we all go, oh, my God, I can't believe it happened again. Too <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's the analysis of humour you get on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends. And so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Tell you what, last night was absolutely compelling cricket. I sat there on the couch so excited for the Ashes to start and to come on last night. And this morning we get to speak to Cal Ferguson, of course, a former Australian star and all-round South Australian good guy. Good morning to you, Cal. Morning, guys. Great to be on with you again. It's uh, it's an exciting time, isn't it? Plenty of sport happening, but... Uh... Jeez, the Ashes are back. How good? Oh, so good. So Australia Trail, if you haven't caught up with the news, Australia Trail by 379 runs. It stumps on day one. England won the toss, elected to bet, bat, smashed out 400, declared early, and then the Aussies navigating a tough little period at none for 14, Warner 8, Kawaja and uh, 4. What the big, it's the, the style of the English batting, the Baz ball, Cal, it was the big story from the first ball they come out and took control. It was compelling test cricket last night. It was. Pat Cummins bowling the first ball of the Ashes, and we've seen some moments with uh, first balls in Ashes series. We saw Harmison bowl under second slip, I reckon, at the Gabba at one stage. Well, uh, this one was probably more than anything, Basball appearing before our eyes mm-hmm. on the first ball of the Test series. Zach Crawley crunching one through cover off a, a decent length from uh, Cummins, and that really set the tone for the day. It was uh, It was amazing viewing, to be honest. I think they panned over to the to the balcony of the the England side. And uh, I think Ben Stokes was in as much disbelief as the rest of us, I reckon. And Joe Root, uh, Cow, who's annoyingly likeable, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to play with the bloke and he's way too likeable. <laughs> yeah, it, it bugs me because uh, I really want to hate him. But he did, on with Scott Boland and Pat Cummins, mm. some sort of weird reverse sweep hoof over slips mm. for six. I mean... That is bizarre seeing that in Test cricket. It really is. And he's been doing it for a little while now, Joe, in in Test cricket. And he's been doing it quite early in his innings at times um, within his first sort of six or seven balls. So um, for a lot of Australian viewers, this is the first time we're getting a proper look at at baseball and not just the highlight reel. And uh, it it is quite 
it, it does smack you right between the eyes a little bit when you see them come out and play this way because it's just not what we're used to seeing. Mm. But um, I'll tell you what was a big story I thought coming mm. out of it was just how flat yes. the pitch was that oh. they prepared for this. Right. I, I genuinely believe that they're scared to play baseball on a wicket that's doing anything, especially against our quicks, yep. because we, we will find something in a wicket that's got something there. Mm. Um, it's about the only way you'll ever get Scott Boland to, to go for more than two <laughs> runs and over, I reckon, yeah. prepare Prepare an ice rink and see how he goes on that. So, Cal, a lot of the other talk to come out of day one was the field the field positions of the the Australians, the yeah. defensive field. As someone who's played international cricket, can you yep. explain what did you make of it? Like, is it reasonable and fair for them to do that with the baseball style, or were you a bit surprised? Yeah. I, I was probably surprised with to what extent we went uh, that way. I, I reckon having, um, you know, deep square leg and deep point out for new batters when they were coming to the crease, I was probably a little bit, unnerved by that. I, I feel like our way in Australia is to keep the pressure on, deny the opposition new batters singles and make it as hard as possible to get them into their innings. And I felt like we just allowed way too many singles to uh, to the new batters coming to the crease. That was my gut feel. Um, I, I, it wasn't far off though. I can understand deep point um, because those guys are going to walk out and flash their bat outside off stump um, first ball or 150th ball. Mm. Early in their innings, that brings our slips into play. So I get that. That's fine. If they get one away, it still only goes for one. But the deeps, the you know, not having a, a mid-wicket in concern me. I'd rather see them bring maybe fine leg up, push deep square leg around a bit finer and have that mid-wicket in there stopping the single to create pressure, particularly in the first 20 balls each batter faces. Oh, I totally agree. And Ricky Ponting, who is the – I reckon he's the best commenta- sports commentator oh, in genius. Australia. He, he's all, he was all over that from like the second or third over him with a deep point. And, yes. and Ricky's uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable on the couch. It's <laughs> fair <laughs> to say. Are. We are speaking to South Australian batting legend Cal Ferguson. Right, quickly on the Australian batting innings. So huge opportunity for Dave Warner. Eight not out. Kawaja four not out. We're at none for 14. Bold declaration, um, as you said, from the England side. What what does the day hold? What does the night hold for the Australian batting lineup? It is just such a significant innings for Dave Warner. I feel. Yeah, it is. It, it really is, and I feel like um, for Uzi as well. Usman averages about seventeen in England um, in Test cricket. So uh, between the two of them, they're both under a bit more pressure um, than what, uh, well, particularly Usman, than what everyone might have uh, might have assumed coming into this series. So um, they'll both be desperately keen to to do well. Thankfully for them, England have rolled out the Sturt Highway. So it's going to be fantastic <laughs> to bat on, and they're going to have every opportunity to score big runs. My, I mean, I reckon England should be really concerned. Seeing how that wicket played, mm. um, to have to front up to uh, Stephen Smith and a guy as hungry for runs as Marnus Labuschagne, let alone Travis Head. Mm. So, uh, look, I'm really looking forward to watching our boys go about it out there because, geez, looking at the fast outfield, the wicket, the way it's playing, not a lot of bounce there, but coming onto the bat, okay, my goodness, we could see some runs. Hey, Cal, can I ask you about Johnny Bairstow? When he came out to bat last night, I know he's coming back from injury, but he looked, the way he was chewing his gum and darting his eyes around and quickly walking around, he looked sketchy. He looked like a bloke that offers to clean my windscreen on Punt Road. (laughs) He did not look right. Did that stand out to you as well? I missed that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So he he quite often looks like a cat on a hot tin roof when he first gets out there. And then, uh, geez, he gets into his stride though, doesn't he? I mean, he's such a ball striker. But gee whiz, anything can happen in those first five or six balls. 
his eyes are darting around, he's jumping around, it's, it's all happening. <laughs> Before we let you go, Callum, we always appreciate your time. So you've said we're going to pile on a lot of runs over these next two days. Which yeah. Aussie is going to make the most? Out of mm. all these Aussie, the top five that you've just yeah. spoken about, who's going to be the one that piles on the double hundred? Yeah, I'm going with Steve Smith. I mean, this is, I think I've, I said it last week, he's going to be so desperately keen to win a series over in England. Um, and he's not going to let this opportunity slip. Now, whether it's this innings or not, you know, it, it could be the next one. But uh, I'm backing him. On a wicket like this, gee whiz, I'm, I just can't see their quicks. They don't have the explosive firepower that we do to, to blast someone out, out of nowhere. I just, I'm really... I'm really confident going into this innings that the Australians will get the job done. Uh, we love speaking to you, Cal, and every uh, average Australian male just really watching from the couch in envy, aren't they, Liam? I think oh. I'd much rather be at you know, Lords or Edge Best than yes. be to be I've over had to there. turn off Instagram. Jeez. I'm getting so much FOMO yeah. from mates who are over there. Oh, it's killing me. Just, just get the... Get get over there and get a couple of tins in, and we'll, we'll oh. maybe next next yes. Ashes series are we go all going over. Oh, nice to go over there, uh, DSL. There. All right, Cal, have a great day, mate, and uh, thanks so much for your time today. Done, you guys. It's a massive game tonight, of course, at the MCG. It's Richmond versus St Kilda. I can't wait for this one, Joey, because I really feel like it's a contrast in styles. This will be a chess game. Tell us how you think it'll play out because we've got Richmond, who are the forward handballer surge to take it on attack, coming off the big win over Fremantle versus St Kilda. And Ross Lyon, who's smarter than everyone at the defensive end, they'll close that net around the Tigers. Which of the two styles will triumph? Well, if you go by history, Richmond style probably holds up because it's won them three premierships, and they looked back to their absolute best last week. I watched that game against Fremantle very closely, and the Tigers were super impressive. So St Kilda are going to have their work cut out to be able to stop the Tigers. They were all back in form. Shea Bolton is now back to being a top five player in the competition, Jay-Z. His numbers over the last six weeks are back to his absolute all-Australian best. He's flying. He's having huge impact. So St Kilda have to watch out for him. Dusty's now getting involved. Cochin's gone back into the midfield. Mm. So it's a real threat, and they've got their defenders all back there, Vlost and Grimes, et cetera. Uh, Trent Cochin's 300th. Joey, does a, does a milestone game make any difference in your experience? Very little, but it can give you a bit of a little bit extra motivation, I suppose. And maybe for Richmond, when the, these older players are trying to find a different Motivation. They've mm. spoken about trying to help Andrew McWalter get to get the job. Yeah. Maybe now just having that little bit extra fire to to, to celebrate Trent Cotchin might. Generally, it shouldn't because the whole theory is well, why are you going to try harder because it's someone else's milestone yeah. game? You should be trying as hard as you can anyway. But to just have a little bit of extra motivation might help a couple of those older players for the Tigers. Saints would be a great test though if they can knock off Richmond, mm. a red hot Richmond who have won four of their last six and mm-hmm. playing good footy. It validates everything that Ross Lyon and this club are doing because they'll be winning and they've got all their young talent in at the moment. They need more, but the Windhager back in the side and Owens and Filippo and Wanganine Miller are all coming along beautifully. And now Max King is becoming the focal point that they can build a premiership team around. Mm. A lot to like about the Saints, but it's going to be a tough, tough ask. Just tactically, and you're all good at this stuff, how do you stop that forward handball? We talk about it a lot, the surge momentum. So from the other side of the coach's box, how do you you cut that off? Well, you've got to come forward to defend. You can't retreat. You've got to come forward and cut it off. So it's it's a fine line because if you get it slightly wrong, Mm. Richmond can get out the back, but you have to come at them. If you you retreat and allow them to take grass and, and use those wave of runners, they're going to be almost impossible to stop. So St Kilda will have a plan. Tigers will keep rolling with what they are doing. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracking game because it is a slim day for footy, Jay-Z. Only the one game prior, mm-hmm. the Giants-Fremantle game at 4.30. So we're going to have to wait all day 
to get uh, to get a good game of footy on tonight. And the Aussies are batting tonight as well. So <laughs> it's going to be a tough battle between That's, the two. It's a good point, actually. Oh, yeah, this is a real two-screen night. You've got to set up the little tablet or the iPad or whatever you've got. Hey, I'm going to be interested in the crowd tonight, right? St Kilda, remember round three game, the 150th anniversary, the, the night you were mm. inducted into the Hall of Fame, Joey, against Essendon. That attracted 70,000. So I think 60,000 expected for this one. And St Kilda, who's only played one home game at the MCG, since 2016 against Collingwood. I think it'll be crowd tonight. I reckon there'll be a big push on for the Saints to play a big blockbuster MCG game every year as part of a bit of a marquee fixture. Good one. They don't have much of that. So it should be a fantastic game in a word. Who are you tipping? I've tipped Richmond. To hedge my bets. So I'll Not be happy either way. <laughs> I'm nervous about the Tigers. Yeah, I've, t- I've tipped the Tigers as well. Have you? Okay, I'm going Saints. Should be absolutely uh, fascinating. Richmond versus Secure at the MCG tonight. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Who you got in your crosshairs today, Lemo? The US Open is currently being played at the Los Angeles Country Club. Mm-hmm. This is a very exclusive golf course. Here are some of their rules. And we know golf clubs can sometimes have crazy rules. But here are some of the U.S. Country Club's rules. No shorts while playing golf. Tailored pants only. Mm-hmm. Men must wear a sport coat in the clubhouse after 6 p.m. Right. No changing shoes in the parking lot. No clogs or flip-flops, <laughs> a.k.a. thongs. No headphones or earbuds. Mm. No athletic clothes or apparel with slogans. No photos or videos of the club on social media. <laughs> No cash is used on the property. Outside of paying the caddies, no tipping. You're not allowed to tip the caddies. You can only make phone calls from either your parked car or an enclosed booth in the locker room. (laughs) And here's my favourite one. This is in Los Angeles, right? No celebrities can become members. So if you're a celebrity, just don't even bother applying. I would like to know where the line on that sits. Like, you two guys. They normally over in LA try and claim they're a celebrity. No, no, I'm not a celebrity. No, No, But they famously denied over the years, they've denied, you know, Bing Crosby, Groucho Marx, all sorts of celebrities. From way back in the day yep. to now because they don't want the attention. Mm. Very good, Lemo. Even though they're hosting the US I Open went, right I once now. got in trouble for getting changed in the Royal Melbourne Golf Car Park. Just so someone dobbed me in. One of the I old, did. Yeah, oh, I well, just you did a quick little, quick little change and someone dobbed me in. Can, I got in trouble. Did you, you have the rig out in the car park? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I don't blame them for complaining. <laughs> can you imagine how much of a sad <laughs> sack in life you would have to be to go and go, oh, my I goodness. just saw someone. I just saw Joey's ankles in the car. Yeah, just reminded me of that. There's the golf club, boy. Did you see Lee Montagna? Oh, my goodness. Give me a spell. Hey, times are tough at the moment. We're all trying to scrimp and save our money and put them in the money box. Things are much more expensive. I just give me a spell. Like I've, no, I've noticed lately, Lemo, when I head into the supermarket and I see the red spot special or the reduce the, the stick, you know, this yes. is a bargain of the century. And I lift the little uh, sticker flap and yeah. I notice that they're still the same price, that item. So your croissant, which is saying red spot special, $2.50. Right. I think, oh, hang on, I thought that was $2.50 last week. You lift up, same price. Give me a spell. If you're going to put the yellow sticker on or the red sticker or claim it as a special, it's got to be cheaper. And this is the sort of investigative journalism you get from Jay Clark at the Herald Sun. Light and shade, light and shade, Lemo. Hey, Joey, get us back Can't on track. Leroy. Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. Four and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. 
We spoke to Jack White earlier in the show, a world champion. I want to give a shout-out to our potential next real world champion, Tim Zhu, who's yeah. fighting the Mexican Carlos Ocampo tomorrow. That can be on Foxtel. You can get that on Foxtel or KO. The interim WBO Super Welterweight World Title. If he wins this... He's the number one contender to take on Charlo for all the belts in the middleweight, to be the undisputed, Ooh. unified middleweight champion of the world. So it's a Big. huge stepping stone for Tim Zhu. If he gets that done, it's going to set up a massive fight probably at the end of the year. I wonder, now I haven't done my research here, but would there be a better father-son combo oh, in the history of boxing? Good question. I actually question. don't know, but we'll, we'll look into that and let you know. <laughs> well, yeah, the Mexicans are tough, Jason. They've got hard heads, the Mexicans. They're so quick. he's going to have to fight well, Tim Zhu. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a big one tomorrow on Foxtel. We will be cheering for him. Uh, Joe, you've been fantastic. So have you, Liam. I look forward to the Saturday Rub Boys. Bernie Vince in particular, I think he's making his local yes, footage. Maryborough. The Carlton Draft, he had a big night throughout the week for Tex Walker's a milestone game. So we are cheering for Bernie Vince today. Thanks so much for joining us on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We'll catch you next week. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL Same Game Multi Tracker. Conditions apply. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. These legends will be back next week. It's like a Del Santo Montana one, two back in the day. <laughs>